When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Laura Caporn. And I'm Paisley Gilmore. And this week we'll be joined by psychosexual therapist and cheating expert, Kate Moyle. I say this every time, but I am excited for this. And when I asked people for questions, there were so many questions around cheating. Yeah, same. We had loads, didn't we? Um, It's obviously something that affects a lot of people, whether they are the cheater or the cheated upon. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it just just be cheaty? The cheaty! (laughs) Speaking of cheating, <laughs> I don't know if this is a natural segue. Um, you know that, it, no, it's not really speaking of cheating. You know that since the pandemic, I've been kind of looking for a threesome. Yeah. And I've been, <laughs> yeah, and I've been begging you to talk about it. I know. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. You haven't. I know for a fact you haven't. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I'm thinking about it and looking and doing my admin um and i've joined an app called field which is a dating app for like kinky people but it's also for people looking for threesomes or group stuff or kind of casual hookups whatever um and as i've been talking to my friends about it i've realized like loads of people are joining it loads of my friends who are quite like monogamous and in long-term relationships are all recently like trying out new sex stuff or like being more in quotes, sexually adventurous. And my theory is the pandemic is making people like YOLO sex-wise. Because it's just been a dry few months and they're like, get it in. Yeah, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Um, Do you have any experience of this, you or your pals or...? No, someone did... Do you know what? Someone mentioned that field out to me recently, though. I can't remember who it was. But no, I feel like (laughs) me and my pals are the complete opposite. But we were saying... And mm. on like the flip side, we were worried it's going to be harder to find someone because um, like my friends are straight and they mm. were saying guys are just going to want sex. Oh, what? why Why is that then? Because they haven't had sex for so long. Uh. Um, and do you know what I mean? I feel like, like you say, people just, just want to get their end away. Oh, I hate that expression. Uh, yeah, so maybe you need to be off field but on like a more... What else can you look for on field? Maybe there's something I can find. Um, all sorts, anything you want. It's kind of based on like fetishes and fantasies. I thought you were going to really shape me and be like, you could have like a Zelda role play. Oh my God. Uh, dear listeners. I don't, I, don't, I don't want that either. Just Elsie hasn't been able to have a threesome this in lockdown because she's been playing <laughs> Zelda and she's just completed it. That's her news. <laughs> Yeah, that literally is. That's literally it. Um, so do you think 
why do you feel because so you're feeling like more horny yeah. I mean I haven't said the word horny <laughs> since I was like 13 why do you think you're suddenly like want to do it now I think for me it's like um the realization that our world could change at any point and it's out of our control so I kind of want to grab life by the balls or the tits or whatever and <laughs> um just do everything that I've always wanted to do but never had the courage to because like oh, when is my last chance going to be Thanks. And actually, I chatted to Field and they said since the beginning of the year, so including all the pandemic time, they have had like loads of signups and a 50% increase in couples seeking threesomes on the app. And threesomes Ooh. is the top desire for singles with a 670% increase in single people looking for threesomes. Do you think it could also be that like um, couples have spent so much time together yes. during this time, they're just a bit done with each other it's exactly that and maybe like their relationship's better maybe because they've spent a lot of time talking and having sex and being at home together and they're like oh actually let's do this new thing together so I've been talking to like lots of Cosmo readers and listeners of the podcast who are all trying new things like someone's working through a sex bucket list with their partner someone said that they have like tried pegging you know where you wear a strap on and um fuck a male partner in the ass <laughs> um with it <laughs> they've tried that for the... to be as explicit sorry as <laughs> penetrates them anally um <laughs> And like other people joining OnlyFans or... I'm obsessed. We're going to have an OnlyFans episode, mm-hmm. aren't we? Because I'm obsessed with all the YouTubers that have joined OnlyFans. It's, yeah. It's like like nothing. I, I want to write a feature about it, but it's not really... um doesn't really fit in the beauty realm. <laughs> <laughs> Are they beauty YouTubers? Um, one of them, one's a male beauty YouTuber who does it now. Um, then all about, I feel like it's a big American thing. Yeah. Well, we'll delve into that in another episode. We'd love to read out that sex bucket list. Oh. With their permission, obviously. Well, maybe we will in a future. I'm going to write a future about it. So maybe we will in a yes. future episode. So the moral of the story is Elsie, less horny, not having threesomes, but has completed Zelda. <laughs> Paisley, <laughs> no such achievements, but on threesomes. We've just become stereotypes of ourselves. We have. Brilliant. <laughs> I love us both in our own ways. <laughs> now let's just talk about cheating. And although it's interesting though, when we get to it, I want you to kind of, I know we obviously are listening to Kate and interviewing Kate, mm. but um, you have a bit of a different view on cheating, don't you? So um, I do. We'll I hope you're going to share. Okay. Looking forward to it. Let's chat to her. <laughs> We're joined today by Kate Moyle, a psychosexual therapist who sees individuals and couples for relationship and sex therapy sessions. She just launched her own podcast, The Sexual Wellness Sessions, where she has informal but informative conversations about sex and relationships. She's here today to talk about cheating. Hi, Kate. Hi. Hello. <laughs> that was so awkward. We're so awkward. It's like we hadn't been chatting for half an hour before. <laughs> I think this is the thing doing it remotely. It is so hard sometimes to just because you're almost waiting for someone always else waiting to speak for the as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, we wanted to do um. A che- a, 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 I don't know if a cheating special sounds. That sounds weird. Bad taste, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, we've got loads of questions from our listeners um but before we go into them how common is it for couples and individuals to come to you with issues around cheating it is really common um and i think that the other thing that we need to think about in terms of people coming to therapy is the people that are coming are coming to kind of really work at it and repair or to 
kind of get some closure and separate. So the people that don't feel they're able to voice it or deal with it or can't kind of do something kind of productive with what's happened also won't come to therapy. So I think we only see a, a select group of the people that are that are struggling having experience infidelity. So what what kinds of things do they come and want to talk about? Like you said, kind of like they're wanting to move on but don't know how or they feel like they can't repair their relationship or I think the main thing is the kind of broken trust element that most people struggle with and what we can see is that that presents in lots of ways so it might be that every time they have an argument the kind of final straw or the end point is well you cheated on me and so that's what it kind of comes back to every time or that because the trust has been broken that People don't feel able to be kind of physically or sexually intimate because they can't get out of their head the fact that their partner has been doing that with someone else or has done that with someone else or behaviours, kind of high vigilance behaviours, kind of things like checking phones or really that kind of struggle with returning back to normal or to a normal, their normal way of being. And I think for lots of people, the fear that their partner will do it again and so it it doesn't allow them to kind of get back into the rhythm of their relationship functioning. So it really can, like, knock you off course if it happens. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, some people are able to deal with it, are able to kind of understand, are able to work it out themselves. You know, plenty of couples are very capable of that. But for others, it's really the inability to kind of move on that they are struggling with. And do you ever have to kind of, is it ever your role to suggest that if they can't like work through it, that they should end the relationship? Do you always just have to leave it down to them to kind of come to that conclusion? It's always the conclusion or the decision of a couple, but it's not a relationship therapist's job to keep couples together at all costs. And lots of couples might come to therapy and actually find that they aren't able to stay together or they aren't able to work together or they're not aligned on what they want. And it's it's just not a it's not a we have to stay together or else. Um, and actually, you know, couples therapy can be quite a good place for people to separate amicably or kind of process that ending. Yeah. And then not take it into, I guess their next um relationship Mm. Uh, do you hear a lot from people who are the cheaters themselves yeah I think um a lot of those people sometimes come to therapy because I think people are also trying to understand why they might be doing what they're doing or why they did what they did and so again it can be a kind of processing space or self-awareness space to work some of that stuff out because I think sometimes people might think they know why it happened but it might be that they get into a pattern or a way of being or a behavioral pattern and actually understanding themselves differently or understanding what they think is going on can help them to change those behaviors if that's what they want to do yeah well, I mean we talk about this quite a lot don't we Elsie but we often feel like well mm. I often feel like cheaters are kind of demonized and I sometimes think like we need like it would be nice to talk more about like why people do it and obviously they do feel guilt and want to change because they come to you and want to do that why do you think we like are so quick to I get yeah demonize people who cheat 
I think because we have this really common understanding of like kind of monogamous, you know, committed relationships. And I am, I love the quote from Esther Perel, you know, monogamy used to be one person for a lifetime and now it's one person at a time. I think it's (laughs) one of my favorites that I often go back to, but I think it's how we understand the rules of relationships. And so we are very quick to put kind of all the negativity on the offending partner, so to speak, or the partner that has broken those rules. Yeah, um, we had um, a guest on who actually quoted Esther. What was it, Elsie, that they said that we loved about like the oh, cheating it was about, person? It's not about you. It, it's about oh, it's about them, them trying to find. They're not happy with their identity. Oh, what was it? Seeking that they're seeking another, seeking a self. Oh God, we're yeah. so that, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This, is, this isn't going to go on an Instagram page, is it? <laughs> Something <laughs> this like this. <laughs> but yeah, they were like seeking another self. Yeah, I, I think um, Esther Perel talks about that a lot in her book. Um, the State of Affairs is all about this. And it's that idea of um, that sometimes we can kind of lose that sense of self when we're in a couple relationship because we become so emerged or so kind of blended with that other person. And actually that someone outside of that relationship can kind of remind us of the things that we used to know about ourselves as an individual or the way we used to see Mm. ourselves or someone who sees us as you know attractive and kind of dressed up all the time or you know that smarter version of ourselves whereas when we live with someone and we're kind of in a relationship with them we do we get comfortable and I think that's a lot of what she talks about. Yeah, we liked that. You did that much better than we did. <laughs> um, and do you see, because obviously a lot of cheating happens in monogamous relationships, but do you see kind of poly and open couples coming and also talking about cheating and how that differs for them in their relationships too? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, that, you know, the difference is that, well, there isn't really a difference, you know, if it goes against the rules of that relationship, it's gone against the rules of that relationship. But I think that in my experience at least, the people in poly relationships and kind of multi-partner relationships, the communication and the rules and the openness is a lot better established and a lot kind of much more integrated into that relationship setup, that relationship style. And of course, you know, cheating, kind of breaking the relationship rules can happen in any relationship style. But I wouldn't say that, you know, I I think a lot of the, the factors that go with it are not dissimilar. Do you think couples, whether they're monogamous or otherwise, should be having conversations about what they consider to be cheating? Because I think often it's assumed and, you know, someone might not consider an emotional kind of mm. fling to be cheating, but someone else might. So do you think it's important to kind of set those boundaries in your relationships? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think, you know, in therapy, we quite often talk about um, the invisible contract. So it might be this idea of a couple kind of having an assumed contract that actually if both of them haven't voiced how they feel about something then it is invisible but they both might have their own and actually it's a good idea to have uh, an idea of where you're both at and what those rules are and I think that it's so easy and what we saw you know when kind of our online lives became so massive was people building relationships online but perhaps never physically meeting up with someone so never having touched someone but having intimately connected with them you know, over phone or text or email or chat or WhatsApp or whatever it was. And there was a relationship there, but 
those people could put their hands up and say, but, you know, we never had sex, we never touched, we, I never did anything. But for the partner, there is a extra relational kind of interaction going on. There is an extra relationship going on there. There is a, a sharing and intimacy. And I think for couples to work out where their line is, is really important. Um, should we go on to some of the listener um, yeah, questions? let's do it. Um, if you've hooked up with someone, discovered they have a partner, should you tell the partner? I think it's such a, I think it's such a hard question to answer because you, I mean, what I'm going to say, and it's going to sound kind of very therapy is there is no one size fits all <laughs> for any of these answers. And I think any, any probably therapist would say the same thing is it's always going to be about that um, individual and couple relationship set of circumstances, but it's so difficult to know what's going on in someone's relationship if you're not in it. So what you could do is completely disrupt a relationship that kind of is working or where there is an agreement in place or it, you know, you just have no idea about the context of someone's relationship. So I think there is no kind of perfect or right answer for that one. It's hard because I feel like you then get a lot of the guilt on you. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Like, and I guess you feel like to get rid of that guilt if you tell them, but actually you could be making things worse yeah I was thinking like do you have to kind of sit and consider what your motivations are for doing that maybe like are you doing Mm. it because you want to hurt them are you doing it because you want to yeah relieve some guilt like is that important I suppose that would be you know I suppose the motivation thing is you know what do I why am I doing this yeah it would be a really good um point to think about because it we just none of us have any idea of what's kind of kind of going on behind the, the closed doors of anyone's lives or relationships, really, unless we're kind of led into that. Mm. Um, why do serial cheaters get into relationships when they could just stay a single player? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I player. hate the way you said player. <laughs> I know. You've never um, played in your life, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, why hurt someone? I think that's a really good question. Mm. I suppose the thing is, is it's what that person I suppose might be looking for is a relationship where that doesn't happen or they might be looking for commitment or they might be looking for intimacy or to settle down but those old behaviors might kind of keep coming up again or the relationship dynamics might be the same every time but you know I think it's from the outside one to kind of say well it doesn't make sense if you're not going to stick in those relationships why keep getting into them um but I think what I really like, and I know um, you had him on as one of your guests in a previous episode, was um, Amy Levine's approach of understanding kind of like attachment theory and the relational aspects of what's going on. So those kind of relationship models or attachment styles. And I find that a really helpful thing to look at. And that book is absolutely brilliant um, attached in explaining some of that stuff because we can kind of understand as well how it feels like we're getting into the same relationship again and again and again. I think it's all about how we understand each other. You know, is it that in a relationship, one person isn't having their needs needs met and so they notice that they're getting attention elsewhere and that has kind of built up a sense of anticipation or excitement or potential and then they can talk to their partner about that and actually it might be because their partner's been a bit absent or there's been a lot going on and they're like, God, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you were feeling like that. So I think 
there are ways to constructively have those kind of conversations, but it's almost impossible to pull those conversations apart from the kind of emotional reaction to them. Do cheaters ever change? Yes. I think that cheaters can change. And I think one of the things we also need to highlight here is how like cheating isn't just like one thing, one behavior. There isn't just one way of doing it. Um, the circumstances, the way of cheating, the kind of way it looks to the person on the receiving end and also the person who's done it. I think there is such a massive variety of how that can happen and the circumstances that we have to it's so difficult to say there's just one reaction to it or one way of dealing with it because I mean a bit like relationships are all different I suppose cheating is all different and kind of what's going on is all different but I would say if it's the same thing kind of happening again and again that person needs to understand what is behind that behavior so is it that there's a certain feeling every time and then when they feel that way, that's how they act. So that is then their response. Or is it that they need to kind of understand themselves better and understand what they're looking for? So I think with work, kind of commitment, like self-awareness, you know, I think a tool like therapy can be very helpful here. But I'm- This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Understanding yourself better, you can change, but you have to be motivated to do it. You know, like like any habit change or kind of change in the way we run our lives or change in the way we do things. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's it says more about them than the people they're with. I think a lot of the time, yeah, and I think that. It is, you know, a lot of 
for example, like an, a reason that someone might cheat is because they are quite insecure. And so what they're not getting in their relationship, they feel like they're getting that needs met by someone outside the relationship and they respond to that because it helps to make them feel validated or make them feel desired or make them feel wanted. And it might be at the expense of the relationship, but there is a kind of individual need going on there. And that might be quite a um, kind of common example but it's very difficult for the person receiving into it of it to not internalize that and think like what did I do wrong or why am I not good enough and I think that's why it can get so complicated yeah I was speaking to um a woman for um a feature a few months ago and she was basically saying like my my husband's cheated on me multiple times and I know about it but I forgive him and the reason I forgive him is because I know it's his problem and I want to help him through it and I was like that's such you never hear that really do Mm. you you often hear that it's destroyed people's confidence and stuff so I don't know, I just thought that was quite unusual. It feels very emotionally like aware. And I think that the really difficult thing is, as we see, and you know, as we saw with kind of lots of the questions that are coming in, is if someone cheats on us, even if we know that it's about them and we can see that it's a pattern that they've always done and something that happened in their last relationship, we still feel that in some way it is about us. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't, and sometimes it will be about that relationship. But so often, I think in that narrative of, you know, we'll go for a really kind of basic classic here, you know, why girls like bad boys, that kind of idea of um, being the person that changes them. And we've always seen that kind of narrative through movies and series and books. And um, I think it, however, kind of, unro- you know, however unromantic or however un- kind of logical it is we still cling on to a lot of those ideas Mm. like internalize them from day one right yeah you kind of have to unlearn them I guess Mm. and I think it's just about understanding what's going on and also understanding that relationships change massively you know they're not going to be the same as they were at the start they're not going to be the same in year 10 as they were in year one and I think we again we don't really have those conversations we kind of just assume a a static or a constant I think if we were more open to reviewing our relationship on a regular basis and we were more able to say okay well we used to like this and now we don't or I've been thinking about this what do you think we'd have a better I suppose relationship style can I ask um, so if you knew someone had, this isn't, this is just something I thought of. If you knew someone had cheated before and you were getting into a relationship with them, should that be like, um, a, like a red flag to you or should it not be? I think I would say, and again, I sound like such a therapist, like communicating about it, but if you were able to talk to them about what happened in that relationship before, if they're able to say, you know what we weren't getting on at all well or it hadn't been going well for ages or they cheated on me first or our sexual relationship just wasn't working or you know or 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 or. I think if you're able to have a kind of open discussion about it and understand a bit of what happened then that gives you the information to kind of take forward with you and that's not Mm. a reason to not get in a relationship with someone and you know, I think the other side of this is people do make mistakes. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Once you have been cheated on, can you actually ever rebuild that trust again? Or is it always going to be something that, like, 
you feel odd about? And how can you rebuild that trust? Big questions. Oh, huge questions. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I think it is possible for relationships to work after infidelity. Yeah, I think that all of those involved need to kind of really work through it. It needs to be, I suppose, kind of put into the relationship history. It needs to be dealt with. It can't be that thing that comes up every time there is an argument, um, like we were saying earlier, or every time one partner does something wrong, it can't be the, okay, well, you can't do anything right because you cheated on me. Because then it just carries on being there as a constant. It's always kind of there at the forefront. So I think if both parties are able to work through it and move on, then yeah, it is possible to have a fulfilling relationship, satisfactory relationship going forward. And how about into new relationships? Because I've been cheated on in a past relationship and um, I feel it's something that kind of even now, and it was years ago, it's still something that kind of doesn't like play on my mind, but it definitely has like knocked my confidence for a long time. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really normal. Um, I hate that word, but I work with lots of people who come to me as individuals who have been through that as well. And it's that, you know, when someone has cheated on us, we've had our trust broken, there is that kind of anxiety or that fear of rejection again. And we don't want to go into our next relationship and anticipate the same thing is happening that might happen. But in a way, we kind of do because it's our protective mechanism for checking that we don't get hurt again. And what we know is that the flip side of love is loss. And so then to go into that intimate relationship with someone or to kind of get really close to them or get connected with them does mean that we fear losing them in some way. And if that you know, reminds us of how we felt in that previous relationship, then that can be a really tricky thing to work through. And I think a lot of people describe you know, avoiding dating or avoiding getting into a relationship again because of that fear but I think it really can knock people's confidence is there any like practical kind of tips you say to people that you would give your um like your patients to kind of like homework I guess to like get over it yeah I... <laughs> that wasn't meant to sound as harsh <laughs> um I think it's a, a lot of like self-validation stuff a lot of again understanding like what might have gone wrong in that relationship you know what was it you know were there kind of signs there things that you can look for again but also just understanding that some people are not a good fit for each other and that is the nature of everything in life we're not going to be the perfect fit for every job for every exercise class for every flat we live in for every person we get in a relationship with it we don't become friends with every people every person that we meet because we don't click with everyone you know our friendships are selected and chosen and I think understanding that sometimes things just don't work and that is the way of life as well isn't a personal failure on our part because I think it's so easy to feel like we've done something wrong or we've failed because we have that negative bias as humans anyway so we tend to internalize rather than externalizing Mm. and um I think it's about rebuilding that confidence, doing things that make us feel good, you know, how spending time with people that do love us, who can help us to build up and so build ourselves up. Because then we see ourselves through the eyes of the people that 
love us and we almost see the kind of best version of ourselves but it's about fundamentally building up that relationship with yourself again so that you feel the next relationship you go into you are worthy of being there and you should be there and you are lovable and that you feel good about yourself and that person is lucky to have you I'm getting teary um that I'm just going to skip into the questions because I feel this is a good one after that and they said how can you tell if an affair is signaling something that's wrong with a relationship that's fixable uh, versus what you're saying where you're not meant to be together and it should end oh gosh that's such (laughs) I mean that that is the question we'd all like to know the answer to isn't it I mean um I think the big thing for me is for it to be fixable everyone involved has to want to fix it so no one partner can fix it on their own on behalf of everyone involved and it has to be that kind of collaborative like joint effort to change things really and you know not necessarily fix but change yeah do you find that sometimes um couples might come to you and at first they're both on board but then as you've had a few sessions like one of them might start to realize that actually they don't care as much like into like solving this yeah I think that does happen and I think um not just in therapy but I think just in life um but I think one of the difficult things about that is kind of acknowledging it and saying actually, do you know what? I thought I wanted to fix this, but maybe I don't. And I think the other thing to say is kind of trying to work things out a lot of the time or going to therapy often is the really difficult thing to do. You know, there's nowhere to hide. You're facing up to everything that's happened and you're having to talk about it and work hard at it. And for lots of people, that might feel like too much. And so of letting go sometimes can feel easier than putting all the work into repair Mm. if if you're the one who's in the relationship and feeling like the urge to cheat does that that doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with the relationship and that you need to end it like what do what should you do if you're feeling like that but you don't want to cheat should you talk to your partner should you I don't know how do you stop yourself (laughs) I suppose it's about what's going on, you know, is it just that you're fantasizing about someone that you know who's really attractive and, you know, the fantasy versus the reality is a completely different scenario? Um, Is it that you're actually starting to build a relationship with someone or starting to flirt with someone or thinking about taking it somewhere? I think it's so much kind of happens in our kind of erotic imagination if we're going to kind of um, phrase it quite mm-hmm. along Esther, you know, Esther Perel terms again but <laughs> I think that it's understanding you know is there an intentionality to what's going through our heads like are we kind of thinking about how we do it are we kind of planning it out you know or is it just a fleeting oh that guy in the office is really hot and you know that we are still going to have desire or kind of notice attractive people or have attraction sometimes, but doing something about that is very different. Yeah. How serious is emotional infidelity, um, especially if nothing physical has happened? As serious to the people involved as they feel it is. And I suppose for some people, it might be that they feel that they kind of caught their partners or found out before it went to the physical. and 
that if they hadn't, where would it have gone? I think that can be quite a difficult thing for people to tussle with sometimes because they're like, oh, but if I hadn't caught you, what would you have done? Or if I hadn't found out, what would you have done? Um, mm. But I think it is very difficult to manage because it is still that interest, attraction, being excited by, being intimate, sharing with another person. And for lots of people, they would say it, it doesn't matter that you weren't physical with them. You were still intimate with them. Yeah, I I kind of feel like that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it ever right to check your partner's phone if you have suspicions? Again, such a hard <laughs> question. And, you know, I think that only kind of people in that situation will be able to work it out. But I suppose the thing is, is if you do find things, you can't unsee it. But I think the people that are worrying about it will have suspicions and are the suspicions then kind of eating you up or kind of actually impacting your relationship and it would be the thing that could um settle a lot of that unease I, I again there isn't really a, a right answer for that but it is how lots of people get found out nowadays and I think that technology is a lot of people's downfall when it comes to this because there is no you know, we live our lives online and so much of online is completely traceable and it's, you know, everything's connected. The amount of people that you kind of hear about who a text to their phone came up on their iPad and you know, all of that. Yeah. And I think it's very, uh, you know, our online lives are very trackable. Oh, that just makes me think I couldn't be asked to cheat because I'd be so paranoid about that happening. I just, it's too much admin to cheat, I think. <laughs> Keep by post. <laughs> telegram only <laughs> telegram your nudes <laughs> fax them um I th- yeah we probably should wrap up there we th- honestly we could carry on but I also feel like a lot of the questions are going to be similar yeah. yeah how you're saying that it it does take time to get over them I think that was the most common one actually of like I was cheated on a few years ago and I'm still struggling is this normal but I feel like you've kind of You've put us all at ease. You have. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that's so hard in relation to that is it changes how we see and think about ourselves. And that's a really hard thing to disentangle. And so then the way to work through that is to self-focus, is to work on ourselves, is to, it sounds really cheesy, but to love ourselves and practice self-care. And everyone is good enough. But we don't always feel that way if we haven't been treated that way. Aww. Thank you so much, Kate. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? So my website is katemoyle.co.uk. I'm on Instagram at Kate Moyle Therapy. And the podcast is The Sexual Wellness Sessions. And as I said, every week I'll be um, interviewing a different expert on different parts of sexual and relationship, wellness and well-being. So I think people would find lots of information there. But thank you so much for having me on, guys. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Did that you love really, that? <laughs> don't be horrible to me. I loved it. <laughs> do you know what? Is, do you know what is hard though? And it's kind mm. of like it's it's what you know that there's not. I wish there was just like a simple answer to all those questions, but there's just mm. not. Because and there's so, so much personal. nuance. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I sometimes find it a little bit hard to engage with people in conversations about cheating when they're so black and white about it. And so like cheating's wrong. And it's like, yes, because it hurts people. But also you do have to think about all the context and the nuance surrounding it. And it's just not that simple, is it? Sometimes. Yeah, and it's, and it's such a personal thing because have you ever been cheated on? 
Not I that feel I'm like aware you of, been, no. Yeah, I feel like you, you're too cool to be cheated on. And <laughs> I do feel if you have been, it is then such a personal thing. Like how I said I've been. And I totally get people's reaction to that because... I don't know, I'm just like, how could you do that to someone? But also mm-hmm. ration, rationally, rationally. rationally, I know there is a lot more that's gone into it. And also, if you know the person that you're with is a kind person, that's out of character for them. It's, yeah. it's just, it, yeah, I just, I wish there was one answer. But in a way, it's kind of reassuring that there's not, and all your feelings are perfectly normal. Oh, like, yeah. with the well, check in the phone one, Kate wasn't like, oh my God, you know, it's, because I know that isn't a good thing to do. But yeah, like we're humans, we do these things. And also like our behaviours don't exist in a vacuum. The reason that you want to do that is because someone's made you feel suspicious. Like it's not just you being ridiculous, you know? I I don't know. Also, even the fact that you just said, um, of course you haven't been cheated on, you're too cool. You're like buying into the idea that it's it's your your fault you were cheated on because you're not cool enough. Like, no. Oh, that's so true. And I didn't even notice I did that. I know. And I'm like, you're like, don't say that about yourself. That makes me sad. You're very cool. Do you, the Zelda, lest we forget. Don't bring it. Anyway. (laughs) Don't bring it up again. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But yeah, I think mainly what we're learning is communication. What I'm learning is that just communication. I feel like every expert is like, just talk. Just have a chat. But it's so hard. But yeah. I hope that brings people some kind of like peace and comfort because it's something that affects so many of us. Yeah. And yeah. And also just, just the fact that so many of you message, just know that, I don't know, a majority of us are feeling this way. So mm-hmm. that's what I was replying to everyone being like, I've had this question loads. I hope you find some comfort in knowing that like almost. Yeah. Cause it does yeah. just that feeling of like not being alone. Hey, you're never alone when you listen to our podcast. <laughs> unless you're me anyway and no one understands you um this brings us to the end of this episode of cosmopolitans all the way with thank you so much to kate for joining us and to you all for listening and for all your questions as well and if you have any more sex or dating questions please message us on twitter or instagram at cosmopolitan uk cosmopolitans all the way with was recorded remotely by number eight studios and is available to download on acast itunes and all the usual podcast apps we'll be back next sunday 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 